While South Carolina's defense vastly outperformed the expectations set on them in 2021, there's one area of the defense that's going to have to improve if the Gamecocks want to do better record-wise in 2022. I'll discuss that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast your first listen. Every day, we are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. All right, so in terms of weaknesses from South Carolina's 2021 team heading into 2022 that need to be rectified, per se, the fan base has talked a lot about the offense, and for good reason. The offense, of course, statistically didn't rank well last year. Of course, there's a lot of hope that the offense will be much better this coming season with all the additions that have been made, another year of Marcus Satterfield's system, and hopefully more stability and higher level play at quarterback. For today's show, I'm not going to talk at all about the offense. I'm now going to move to the defensive side of the ball and talk about what was by far the biggest problem for the defense in 2021, and that was the rush defense. I'm going to discuss a multitude of different things regarding this topic today, such as obviously what happened in 2021, a few statistics to really show y'all just how bad they were at certain points, some notes that I took from some of South Carolina's worst performances in terms of rush defense, and then later on I'll discuss maybe why it wasn't all the defense's fault, why certain external factors that were out of their control really compounded the issues, and I'll also talk about why there is some hope that South Carolina's rush defense can, and in my opinion, will do better in 2022. So that is going to be the roadmap for today's show. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So let's start off with what happened in the 2021 season. To be honest, the rush defense, no matter which way you slice it, it just wasn't good enough. And I have a few stats that I took from last season for y'all to consider. The rush defense was the fourth worst in the SEC, giving up an average of 175 rushing yards per game. The rush defense was also the second worst in the SEC when it came to tackles for loss per game, averaging only 4.7 tackles for loss per game. And then, according to Football Outsiders, a website which if you followed this show long enough, you know I really love when it comes to analytical stats when it comes to the trenches, the Gamecocks were the fourth worst team in the SEC when it came to busted drive rate, meaning the percentage of opponent offensive drives that either gained zero or negative yards. Basically, drives where South Carolina's opponent on offense just completely stalled out because of things that the Gamecocks did. So, basically, South Carolina wasn't good enough at forcing three and outs, and it allowed their opponents to extend drives more often than not. Now, in terms of a few games that South Carolina played this last season 
where the rush defense just quite frankly had an abysmal performance. I took notes from three specific games, Texas A&M, Missouri, and Clemson. And there was a particular reason why. For these three games, the South Carolina Gamecocks gave up an average of 271 rushing yards per game on defense. If an opponent ends up getting like somewhere between 175 to 200 yards, that's considered a pretty good outing for an opponent. But when you let a team rush for more than 200 yards plus, then that's starting to get into a really bad area. That's really hurting your football team. And then if you give up 250 plus, then yeah, at that point, you probably lost the game. Unless, of course, you're facing a triple option mainstay in college football like any of the academy schools, Georgia Tech back when they were coached by Paul Johnson, etc. So from these games, there are a few things that I took note regarding South Carolina's front six and how they performed. So the first thing I noticed was that the defensive line on the interior in particular were driven off the line way too much, especially on double team blocks. And listen, as someone that played defensive line back when I played high school football, I can tell you all this. I understand it is not easy for a defensive tackle to beat a double team. When you've got literally 600 pounds of just human mass trying to drive you back as hard and as fast as they possibly can, that's not something that's an easy situation to get out of. But there are ways to lessen just how much impact double teams can have in terms of blocking. It's all about leverage. When defensive linemen can sink their hips, be able to sort of get out in front of one of the two double team blockers, and keep their hands latched on to the main blocker that they're mainly responsible for before the play is started, then, again, you can lessen the blow. You can allow your linebackers to be able to navigate in the box, be able to see where the ball carrier is going. But if you let them drive you five yards plus back, you're pretty much out of the play. There's nothing you can do at that point. Another thing I noticed with South Carolina's defensive line they were not aggressive enough when it came to attacking pulling blockers. What I mean by that is this. A pulling blocker for an offensive lineman is basically when an offensive lineman goes from one position where they're starting before the play and ends up basically pulling or standing up, running to the opposite side, essentially kind of wrapping around and is looking for a defensive player that is supposed to be in that spot that's now been vacated by one of their other offensive line teammates. And when it comes to pull blocks, what a defensive player is normally supposed to do, at least from what I was taught, was you have to attack the inside half of that pulling blocker. So if I have someone coming at me, I would probably be aiming for that person's right side and I would be going down, trying to dip and rip, or at the very least, I would try to lay a real solid hit on that inside half. So that that way, not only is that point blocker now completely stalled, they're not going anywhere, you also now have an ability to potentially blow up the play if that's where the running back's indeed going. The running back, more often than not, when it comes to a pulling block on a running play, is going to try to go through the hole that that pulling blocker is leaving by the time they come to that defender. So on those kind of plays, if the defender does not attack the point blocker properly, it can lead to massive gains of yards for opposing teams. 
And with South Carolina, they either just weren't aggressive enough, they would either try to go to the outside half, which, to be honest with y'all, I never understood why defenders would do that in the first place, or they would meet them up man-to-man. Basically, instead of just attacking the inside half, they would just try to stand them straight up. And in college, unless you are just an absolutely God-gifted athlete and you have so much sheer strength that you could just do that going one-on-one with an offensive lineman that has that much of a head of steam and just grab him and throw him to the side, then that is not going to work probably nine times out of ten. The offensive lineman is going to end up winning that battle overall because either way, he might not be going anywhere anymore, but you're also not going anywhere. At the end of the day, an offensive lineman's job is to make sure that a defender cannot reach the ball carrier or the quarterback. And in that case, that offensive lineman's won the battle. Another note that I took from these particular games is defenders weren't always squarely in front of a ball carrier. So because of that, there was a lot of side tackle attempts, which led to more missed tackles or broken tackles, if you look at it, from the opponent's viewpoint. Now, I understand football plays are not always going to work out in perfect poetry. No matter how hard coaches try to draw up certain coverages, certain blitzes, how much you prepare during a game week, you're going to have plays that are just not going to go your way. Maybe the running back just makes a really good read. Maybe one of your teammates is just completely out of place. Now the play is coming towards you, and you're on the opposite side of where the play was originally going to go. If something like that happens, that could lead to defenders being sort of out of place. And again, when you're able to be in front of them, sink your hips and stay square and have them come to you so that you can understand what it is you need to do to try to bring them down, it's much easier on a defender. When you're trying to go from a lateral vantage point and pursue and chase down the ball carrier, in some cases try to dive and make the tackle, makes it much more difficult. South Carolina's defense found themselves in that position way too often. So these were a lot of issues that I noticed, in particular with these three games, and I'm sure were frequent in a lot of the other games where South Carolina's rush defense did not play up to snuff. Now, in just a couple moments, I will discuss why it wasn't all the defense's fault for what happened in 2021. Why certain things like a new system under Clayton White, some of the offensive inefficiency, helped to compound the issues that were apparent. But before I get into all of those talking points, I do need to talk to y'all about our friends over at Bet Online real quick. Now, BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can also find reviews and news of every single league that you may follow. Leagues like Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, NHL, combat sports, golf, and yes, even esports. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sporting wagering information, including live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered everywhere. So be sure to head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn the latest about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to segment two of today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. As I mentioned earlier, thank you for listening to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover Gamecock sports every single day. All right, for segment two, when it comes to the rush defense from 2021 and what all happened, let's now talk about why it wasn't all the defense's fault. 
as I've mentioned multiple times now, there were other issues that compounded what happened last season. And the first one that I can point to is the fact that the defense was learning a whole new system under new defensive coordinator Clayton White. Now, before Clayton White arrived in 2021, this defense for the previous five seasons was being run in a 3-4 multiple defense, which sometimes could shift to a 4-3, basically meaning either three down linemen and four linebackers, sometimes basically a linebacker slash defensive end hybrid, or a 4-3 with basically the opposite, four defensive linemen and three linebackers. This was run by Will Muschamp and Traveris Robinson and had some success in certain seasons, but otherwise just never really seemed to click here at South Carolina. Clay White came in and brought in this 4-2-5 defense, which is basically a nickel defense, which means five DBs on the football field at one time. And that's the main base defense Clayton White runs. Now, the thing that makes this defense really different from Will Muschamp's defense that he ran while he was here is the fact that the responsibilities are completely changed with the now front six, as they now only have six defenders in the box instead of your traditional number of seven defenders in the box. This can affect things like a defender's area of responsibility, the gap assignments that they might have for particularly the edge or contained defenders, guys that are on the outside, maybe a guy weak side that's responsible for making sure the run doesn't break back to their side or the primary edge guy that is on the strong side where it looks like the play based on the formation is going to go. And because of this, this really also heightens up the pressure on the interior defensive lineman because these outer edge defenders have to really ensure that they hold their ground on the outside the interior defensive lineman have to do the exact same and this is where we saw one problem last season like I mentioned earlier the interior defensive line in certain games last season just got absolutely walloped in the middle in the run game they could not hold their ground they were getting driven back like five plus yards way too easily and even if the outer edge defenders did their jobs correctly, it would open the door sometimes for running backs if they wanted to, to potentially just cut back inside, seeing an open hole and being able to still get like five plus yards. And then when you combine all this with the fact that Sherrod Green, who was the Gamecocks real number one linebacker last season, getting hurt in week three against Georgia, Demai Staley, his replacement, just not bringing as much lateral quickness, just have to be blunt about that. And the other starting linebacker, Brad Johnson, playing for the first time ever as a true linebacker while learning a new defense. Yeah, you can see how some of these miscues and some of these misfortunes for the South Carolina defense really started to pile up as the season went along. Now, of course, this new system also meant that Clayton White probably couldn't be as aggressive as he would have liked. There were times last season where I thought that Clayton White, especially in pass defense, could have been a little bit more aggressive in terms of dialing up blitzes and some stunts up front, but he didn't do that necessarily as much in a lot of games. Same deal goes, in my opinion, for rush defense. And of course, it's understandable for Clayton White to not want to be as aggressive. It's your first year implementing this defense to a whole new group of players that you're just learning about. And the last thing you want to do is just completely overload them with so much information that they're just confused half the time they're out there and they don't know what they're doing. So you'd rather give them the simple foundation of the defense your first year and allow them to play 
fast. And from what Zach Piggins said at SEC Media Days, if you remember my show from a while back talking about that, it seems like that's what Clayton White did in his first season. But again, because you're not being as aggressive and you're sort of letting the play come more to the defenders, then that opens the door for big running games to potentially take place. Now, some of y'all would probably say, well, Andrew, if you're going to run a 4-2-5 defense in modern college football, you can't be aggressive and really succeed in that kind of formation. But in my opinion, that's not true because you look at what Jim Knowles did, the former defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, who's now at Ohio State heading into this year. He led the Cowboy defense to having the second highest defensive efficiency mark in the country last year, according to football outsiders. The Oklahoma State defense was widely regarded as one of the best in college football this past season. So it is possible for a 4 defense to be successful in today's college football. You just have to be able to get enough time in the system, then get the players to fit that system, and of course, increase their comfortability with the system. Now, of course, I have been talking about the rush defense this entire episode, but I would be remiss if I did not bring up how much the offense really hurt the defense as well. You may be wondering, well, how was that the case? Well, the offense was the second worst in the SEC last year in both third down conversion percentage, which was 35.1% for those of you who are curious, and first downs made per game, averaging 17.8 first downs per game. Basically, the offense for South Carolina last year could not stay on the field for the life of them sometimes. And the defense, because of this, no matter how many times they would maybe get certain stops on drives against their opponents, over time, just because of the way the ball game played out, they would just get fatigued. And it would really accumulate over the course of the ball game, especially, of course, with the defensive lineman up front. And basically, there would be a snowball effect, and it would get worse and worse as the game went on. The offense was also tied for the worst mark in the SEC when it came to turnovers. 23 total turnovers from South Carolina's offense last year. To put that in perspective, for those of you who watched the team last year, you might remember that South Carolina's defense was also really good at forcing turnovers. Matter of fact, they forced 24 on defense, which I believe was the highest mark in the entire conference. Really solid feat under a first-year defensive coordinator in a first-year coaching staff period for South Carolina. But, of course, because the offense turned it over so many times themselves, the Gamecocks ended the 2021 season with a mere plus-one turnover margin. So, for as many turnovers the Gamecocks defense forced, the offense just about as many times gave the ball right back to their opponents again. Something that will not help out your defense over the course of a 12-game regular season. So, point being, it wasn't all the defense's fault what happened this past year with the rush defense. The whole new scheme that they had to learn, the fact that Clay White, to a certain degree, had to pretty much handicap himself from being able to fully unleash probably his entire playbook. And with all the offensive inefficiencies we saw last year, all of that just stacked up on top of each other. And in certain games, like the ones I mentioned earlier, Texas A&M, Clemson, Missouri, Kentucky, a couple of others as well, it obviously worked to the disadvantage of South Carolina. And with Missouri and Kentucky in particular, it cost them a couple games that if you just flip one of those scenarios or one of these factors into a positive, they probably could have won either of those games. But I digress 
that's sometimes just the way how football rolls under a first-year coaching staff. Now, of course, with everything I've said up to this point about how bad the rush defense was in 2021 and the multiple reasons why that was the case, I do think that there is some hope for the rush defense to be better in 2022, and I think it will be better overall. Now, I'm going to give a couple of quick statistics from last season to really show y'all why there is hope with the rush defense and then give my own reasoning as to why I think they will do better. So, in 2021, once again, according to Football Outsiders, the defense ranked 8th in the SEC in first down rate, basically the percentage of opponent offensive drives that resulted in at least one first down for South Carolina's opponents. Now, the takeaway that I think y'all should have from this stat is Despite all of the other issues that this defense had no control over and they had to deal with, like the offensive inefficiencies, having to play in a new system and subsequently learning this new system, and the fact the offense turned over the ball 23 times, as I mentioned earlier, the defense was still in the middle of the pack in the SEC in terms of allowing first downs, which obviously means that you know there were certain games that the Gamecocks did really well, Certain games where the Gamecocks were sort of, you know, mixed bag right down the middle. Then other games where it did not go well for them at all. So imagine if just, again, one or two of the things I mentioned earlier were not the case last season. The offense doesn't turn over the ball as much. If maybe they're a little bit more efficient about extending drives. Or if the Gamecocks subsequently were had more time in Clayton White's defense, were more comfortable with the defense, then maybe they finish a lot higher than eight. Maybe they finish in the top five in the SEC for that statistical mark. And, you know, if you're not giving up first downs, you're not letting opponents extend drives, that means you're giving the offense the ball back. That can mean great things for your team over the course of a 60-minute football game. The Gamecocks also were sixth in the SEC in rushing touchdown red zone percentage. Basically, the amount of rushing touchdowns given up over the amount of red zone scores allowed overall in 2021. Now, in my opinion, this stat shows that the Gamecocks had a bend-but-don't-break ability this past year that they did show. Basically mean that they gave up a lot of yards and, you know, subsequently first downs, between the 25-yard line on either side of the field. Once you get past either 25-yard line on the field, then you are in either your own red zone, which you don't want to be in, or you're in the opponent's red zone, which is obviously what you want if you're on offense. But to hammer this point home even further, out of 33 red zone scores given up by South Carolina last season, 15 of them were field goals. That was the third-best mark in the SEC behind Georgia and Texas A&M, two of the better defenses in the entire country this last year. So again, if this defense just gets a little bit more help, if the offense can stay on the field more, not turn over the ball as much, and subsequently capitalize on their extended drives, it's going to help the defense immensely. If the defense can get more stops between the red zones on the field and get into the backfield more often, gain more comfortability in Clayton White's defense, really be able to fly around and play faster knowing the plays. Clayton White can get more aggressive with his play calling, and the guys can hopefully be in the right spot more often. It will help immensely. If both of these things take place for South Carolina in 2022, this rush defense is going to greatly improve 
and will be a reason why this team wins more ball games than people are expecting them to win in 2022. And I will admit, South Carolina is definitely going to get tested in terms of rush defense. There are five different teams that are really notable rushing attacks the Gamecocks are facing this season. They got Arkansas in week two. I mean, out of all of the rushing attacks they had to play in the first part of the season, that's probably the toughest draw they could have gotten. They got to play Arkansas, of course, in Fable, making it even tougher. They get the reign-defending national champions in the Georgia Bulldogs in week three at their home stadium. But again, Georgia, since Kirby Smart took over, has been known as a real solid rushing team. Even when Mark Rick was there, they were known as a solid rushing team. They're going to bring it in the running game. Kentucky in week six. Kentucky literally has built their whole identity, their program on physicality in the line of scrimmage, especially on offense in the running game. Texas A&M in week eight at home. Jimbo Fisher, despite being a renowned quarterback guru or, you know, a decent quarterback developer and offensive play caller, has relied heavily on his running game up to this point in his time with the Aggies. And the Aggies torched the Gamecocks on the ground last year when the Gamecocks played at Kyle Field. And then in week 12, the Gamecocks played the Tennessee Volunteers, who obviously is the most unique offense in this conference in terms of up-tempo no-huddle offense, getting an average of three snaps done in 60 seconds, which is just moving if you know what the pace of a football game is typically like. And so you throw that in there with their passing game and rushing attack being just diversified enough from a play concept standpoint, it's a tough matchup to go up against as well. So the Gamecocks are going to be tested this next season. They are probably still going to have a couple games where, honestly, y'all, the rush defense may not still have a good showing. But overall, compared to 2021, with everything that I've mentioned in today's show, another year in this system, the ability for Clayton White to call much more aggressive plays on this defense this offense, with all the added talent they have, they're going to be better. They're going to be staying on the field longer. They're going to extend drives. You throw all of that together, turnovers being lessened on offense. And, of course, it's probably not a guarantee the defense is going to get 24 turnovers like they did last season. But, look, if they could still get, like, I don't know, somewhere between 14 and 18, and the offense just limit their turnovers to, say, let's say they cut it in half, that is going to be Good enough. That'll be better overall for this defense in 2022. And as I mentioned just a minute ago with all these teams, the Gamecocks are definitely going to need it. So with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are y'all's thoughts on South Carolina's rush defense? What are your expectations for them in 2022? Do you think they're going to take a massive step forward? Are you still a little bit concerned about a couple of particular areas up front? Do you think that South Carolina will be able to meet the challenge? Are there any of these particular teams that I mentioned earlier that you think South Carolina is going to match up better against this season? I want to hear any and all of y'all's thoughts on the rush defense in the comments section down below if you're watching this on YouTube. But of course, if you're listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And also, if you've enjoyed the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, then make Lockdown SEC your second listen. Every day, where host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the entire SEC in just 30 minutes. So again, make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But 
With that being said, y'all, once again, that's going to do it for me on today's show. Hope that y'all have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. And I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.